an opinion. I'm just going to go put money on that thing happening. And your host, Nick Costos. Every single play of every single game impacts you in some way, shape, or form. It's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. Hour number three on a tremendous football Thursday. Nick Costos, Ken Barkley, and you here on the BetQL Network. We'll be on with our friends at Stadium for the next 60 minutes. Shout out to our guy Jason Coyle, among others. Great to be on Stadium for the next 60 minutes here. And then it'll be the final hour, the power hour of the show, which will feature all our bets for tonight. So if you want all the bets coming up for tonight and guessing you do because like you, you like sports and you like betting that's why you're watching the show listening to the show twitch.tv backslash betql for the six to seven o'clock hour eastern time where we'll give you our bets for the national hockey league bets of steel our nba best of the best side total and props and of course side total and thy royal prop king for the titans and the steelers tonight in pittsburgh as week nine in the national football league kicks off evan silva will join us one hour from now from establish the run He's got a laundry list of bets coming up, not just for tonight, but for this weekend in the NFL. Can't wait to hit all of those with Evan Silva coming up next hour. 20 minutes from now, Joey Kanish, Pro Sports Better from our friends at the Hammer, stops by all his bets for college football and the NFL this weekend. But for right now, we continue on with B-Squared, B-Squared NFL Awards in just a second. But we have a piece of breaking news in the NFL, Ken. For the second consecutive day, Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford not practicing probably increasing the likelihood that it'll be Brett Rippon as the Rams quarterback on Sunday on the road at Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers. I'm guessing we haven't seen any market movements here. Uh, anything to report here at the Rams and the Packers before we get back to awards? This morning, this number came back toward the Rams a little bit. All the threes were juiced toward Green Bay yesterday, and now it's like three minus 110 in a lot of places, so that's interest in the Rams, despite Stafford not practicing. Uh, looks like we might be kind of stuck on three probably until we know one way or another whether he's going to play. Uh, I and I think that's kind of like maybe people kind of agreeing with me that like who cares who plays quarterback for the Rams just maybe like if the number is going to be three or three and a half just uh, I'll bet against Jordan Love for the Green Bay Packers and feel pretty good about it all right we'll bring you any other NFL injury news as it uh, crosses the wire or gets notified with a push notification to our phone uh, as it comes in on this Thursday afternoon but for now we get back to NFL award conversation Jake please bring the music back up here and all these prices available at our show sponsor the king of sportsbooks BetMGM. Ken, let's talk Defensive Player of the Year now. We did MVP and Offensive Player of the Year in the first hour. Uh, Micah Parsons and Miles Garrett are your co-favorites right now for DPOI, both at 2-1. to TJ Watts plus 250 plays tonight against Will Levis and the Titans with a bad offensive line. I think that's a little interesting. Aiden Hutchinson, 18. Chris Jones and Fred Warner, both at 30. Nick Bosa at 35. Max Crosby at 50, ahead of... Uh, the Giants offensive line, and Daniel Jones on Sunday. Can anything stand out to you in the award market for Defensive Player of the Year as we enter Week 9? This has been, uh, I think, the most boring conversation every week because it's from very early on in the season. It seemed very likely that the race would come down to three players. Uh, the three edges that you you read to start, pa uh, Parsons, Garrett, and, and TJ Watt. And, you know, for I think week one, week two, we were like, well, could a fourth player get in? Maybe Hutchinson or Chris Jones or Chris Jones or somebody else. I was just like, no, don't think so. I think it's probably just these three guys, uh, especially after like week three, week four. And that's still where we are right now. All of them are having like exemplary seasons. They'll all be in consideration for first team all pro. Uh, be, you know, whether Parsons is a linebacker or an edge or whatever, they all have like really good sack numbers. Now Parsons is kind of trailing behind the other two in sacks. Um, you know, he has six. The league leader is Daniil Hunter with 10. Garrett has eight and a half. Watt has eight and a half. The thing I would just remind people, so like, is there anything to bet on this week? 
No, because the three players who are the most likely to win by far are priced that way. And if you're trying to differentiate differentiate one from the other, you would likely use team success and statistical success to do that. And we don't really know, especially with Cleveland and Pittsburgh, like what the records are going to be at the end. Parsons' team is probably the safest one to have a big record. But if they're the safest team, he has the worst statistical profile of the three. So you try to balance those two things out. You end up right back where you started with all three having about the same price. It's just very likely how one of them plays the rest of the year will determine whether that player wins. And again, you don't want to be in a guessing game here like trying to predict outcomes of games that's a really bad place to be you just run like obvious mispricings news and information driven things that can change the market those don't exist here um so those three should be very short priced likely at the end of the year we'll have to just consider like the public polling and how people write about the award whether they favor one guy or the other and if it looks like the sort of wave of sentiment is leaning one way or another that's where we'll put our money and that's who we'll bet on because that's who it seems like people are going to vote for so it's really business as usual honestly the only other player i'd add like a just a, a note on and it's a big long shot that this can even happen but i'll just i'll say it again just because like i think i said it last week even the Raiders fired their coach and they're going to start Aiden O'Connell and they're probably going to be really bad. Like they're probably going to lose a lot of games. If they ever don't, I think people would trip over themselves to give Max Crosby the defensive player of the year award. It just can't happen because they suck. And it didn't happen last year because they sucked. But like if they win nine games, he can win. So I'm not betting him. I don't think they're going to win nine games. But like just if this starts to like let's just like play it like Antonio Pierce is actually a good coach. O'Connell's an upgrade from Jimmy G and like actually shows you what he did in the preseason. These are all one in a thousand type situations, more like one in a million. And I'm just saying, if that does happen, let's say they beat the Giants, you get a lot of positive momentum here, just worth having in the back of your head that as the Raiders win more, Crosby's price should actually drop to match the other edges. The only reason he's a long shot right now is that that's very unlikely to happen. So just like wanted to throw that in there as, hey, down the road, if this Raiders thing ends up catching fire, like, and I don't mean dumpster fire, like catching fire, like they play well, then this is a price that should actually drop really fast if they start getting into playoff contention. The Samsonite, I was way off. Uh, I want, Ken, just give me like 30 seconds here, and you've done this before, but just like we have a new audience all the time. So like I'm looking at the sack leaders in the NFL this year. So Watt and Garrett both have eight and a half, right? They are like, out of the, and, and Parsons a little bit further down the board with six. Daniil Hunter leads the NFL with 10. Josh Allen of the Jaguars has nine. How about my guy Kayvon Thibodeau for the Giants has eight and a half, like a, like a, like a three-way tie for third. What about those guys with the gaudy sack numbers here in about 30 seconds here and there? the potential to win defensive player of the year. So like they, it's not that they're ineligible, like they can win, um, but this is not an award for who leads the league in sacks. It's much more reputation driven than that. And usually like the previous winner has made first team all pro and made multiple pro bowls and everyone kind of like regards them as a great defensive player. And you'll look at the stats for the last couple of years and be like, well, Bosa had the most sacks and he won and like TJ Watt had the most sacks. Yeah, like that's nice when that happens. It makes it really easy. Like it makes it where there's no dispute whatsoever. But we've also had a number of seasons where an edge or Aaron Donald wins the award or someone else wins the award. Someone else leaves the league in sacks they don't win like we've had like Vic Beasley has led the NFL in sacks before does anybody even remember that that happened like it's 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 you know there's been a number of, like I'm going to scroll back through a couple of years to get you I feel like there's one more that's always like really really good Shaq Barrett led the NFL in sacks in 2019 he did not win defensive player of the year so just like yeah like Hunter can win Josh Allen of the Jaguars can win like yeah if they get like 21 
then you're going to start having the conversation. But I think it needs to be like an insanely gaudy number. If it's just, hey, they led in sacks and Garrett was second and he also had three interceptions and jumped over the line to block a field goal and the Browns made the playoffs, like guess who's winning? Miles Garrett. So it just, you need such a, re a really narrow kind of like path here to get one of those guys home. I always pass like the non-reputation edges. I just think like you could even lead the league in sacks and someone else could win. All right, that's Defensive Player of the Year. You better you bet with Nick and Ken here on a Thursday. P-squared, B-squared, NFL Awards with the award betting goat, our guy, Ken Barkley, on X at Lockie Lockerson. All right, Lockie, let's do Offensive Rookie of the Year here. C.J. Stroud, uh, minus 165. They lost last week, but C.J. Stroud still minus 165 to an Offensive Rookie of the Year. They lost to Bryce Young in the Carolina Panthers. Bryce Young now 40-1 to to an Offensive Rookie of the Year. In between them, Puka Nakua at three. Uh, Britt Reppin might play quarterback this weekend. Jordan Addison at 12. Uh, Jaron Hall might play quarterback this weekend. Bijan Robinson at 14. Taylor Heineke. Uh, Jameer Gibbs at 16. Uh, Zay Flowers and Devon Achan. And Achan is expected to be back next week for the Miami Dolphins, so he'll be back soon for Miami. Zay and Achan both at 25. Will Levis, who we'll see play tonight on the road at the Steelers at 35-1. to 1. And uh, the Green New Deal, AOC, 50-1 to 1 for the Las Vegas Raiders. Ken, uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year, please. I've uh, I've kind of like dramatically changed what I wanted to do here. Uh, so it, the problem was early in the year, the A-chan injury kind of like forced my hand to bet into this market because when we thought it was a significant injury, before the market reacted to that, there was an opportunity to play Stroud and Bijan, but really Stroud at like really good prices if we were about to remove one of the players that was likely to contend for the award, HN, and it hadn't happened in the market yet. Like we knew he was hurt and it looked like it was gonna be for a while. And there was just like, you had to you had to act knowing that Stroud's price was gonna change. We did it on the show a bunch of times. And, and to a certain extent, like, yay, we were right. Like the Stroud prices have improved. We have equity in this market that we can spend on people. So you have kind of two options. Like if you joined us, you're probably sitting here like, do I just hold? Stroud's a really big favorite. Like I, I can just hold here, right? Like, and he'll still be a favorite. I, I think so. Like, I think he'll at least be minus for a few more weeks. He could also be minus for the whole season and win. But like at a minimum, I think he's minus probably for a few more weeks or a very low price, better than what you got several weeks ago. What I have chosen to do is essentially like abandon this position to spend the equity on other players to attempt to hit a jackpot price. And that's like very risky, but it's actually not because basically what I'm doing is I'm I'm setting myself up where if Stroud wins, I break even in the market for the season. I don't win any money if CJ Stroud wins, but I bet him like plus 150, plus 140, plus 130, and he's like minus 170 right now. So I have some equity I can spend here on other guys where I can bet you know, if I wanted to bet Jameer Gibbs or I wanted to bet Bijan or Zay Flowers or somebody, I could do that and just like kind of balance the position. So I'm basically spending all my Stroud money. Like if Stroud wins, I don't want to win a dime and I want to put all my eggs in the baskets of the other quarterbacks that I think someone can go get him at the end of the year. And it doesn't have to work that way. If Stroud plays great against Tampa and he holds as a big favorite, he's going to win. Okay, I'll break even in the market, like no sweat. Like I was going to win some money, now I'm not. But I think we have an opportunity here because all of the players from Stroud to Levis, so that's like eight players in the way between Stroud and Levis, and then a couple more between Levis and Bryce Young, to me are all incredibly flawed and very unlikely to win. And I think the two quarterbacks, Levis and Young, can pass all of those players in the next two to three weeks and become the second and third choice to win the award. Can they pass Stroud? I have no idea. Stroud's had a pretty good start to the year. The narrative of the first month is the interception streak. He didn't throw one for a while. They were winning some games. 
but that that ends really fast like if they lose to tampa and they're just like a three-win team and they're bad that all goes away really really fast i'm just surprised that like the market is viewing the gap from stroud to the other quarterbacks as this much when literally in a matter of like two weeks the statistics of all three players could be identical and like just to put that in perspective levis had four touchdowns last week and i don't think any of us expect him to throw four touchdowns like every single week or even to do it again the rest of the season he already that's the has case, we'll four. bet him to an mvp we'll bet him to an mvp I, if he's I, gonna that's gonna happen i would like to bet him in mini mark <laughs> offensive player of the year it sounds great uh, i'd like to bet the titans to win the super bowl too by the way but he has four stroud only has nine he he made up half the ground in one damn game <laughs> like it just stroud's averaging like one touchdown pass a week the idea that he's far ahead is like a mirage he's not far ahead it just seems that way because the narrative at the start was oh like he's so good everyone else is so flawed i think he got two people in these two quarterbacks that might end up like and to be fair aiden o'connell could be the same we just haven't seen it yet like he really could i'm not betting it because i'm very skeptical but he's the same as these other two guys like there's a quarterback that if they play well in the next eight to nine weeks stroud's not lighting the world on fire statistically it's not happening and he can be caught and i think the quarterbacks are the most likely ones to do it so i've spent the equity on levis who could bomb tonight it could be terrible i don't i don't care like i want to take the risk and bryce young i almost like even more honestly he just beat stroud last week we like his matchup this weekend against the colts the frank reich revenge game uh at home like two more good weeks from young even just what we saw last week two more weeks like that stroud loses to tampa like they're even like they're the same and the market's pricing it like it's not even close. We're like two weeks away from this thing potentially being nuts. It doesn't even take that long. So to me, that's worth the risk to try to hit the long shots and honestly like take my Stroud position and kind of be like, nah, I'm abandoning this. Like I'd rather go with the other two guys because the payout is massive if I'm right. Uh, any any fear at all that A-Chan comes back and just starts rattling sure. off insane statistical games? Or, or that Campbell's like, you know what? Let's actually have Jameer Gibbs do this every week. Let's like actually do that because it looked so good. Even though I don't think that would happen, but it's, right. it's a fair. Yeah. It's fair that you bring it up. Obviously, that it could right. happen. I think it's very unlikely, but it could happen for Gibbs. Right. Well, if I'm worried about HN, I got to be worried about. It's kind of like that that same thing of like, can can they replicate the success they've shown in small bursts over the course of the entire season? Sure. Like I'm a little worried about HN. I'm not really worried about. I'm worried zero about Nakua. Zero about Gibbs right now. Zero about Addison right now. Zero about Bijan for sure. Zero about Zay Flowers. And like, to me, it's like, all right, even putting everyone else to the side, if I'm not, if I'm zero on all those guys, then like who down the board can pass all those guys? Like who could actually do it? And to be fair, O'Connell is a guy who could do that. Like he's going to make his debut. Maybe he's awesome with a new coach. I have no idea. I, I'd rather go with at least like the number one pick who's played the whole time and has a really good coaching staff or the guy who just threw four touchdown passes. Like O'Connell hasn't even thrown anything yet. He and Levis are almost the same price. At least Levis did it once. Like can we see O'Connell do it once? He played against the Chargers. It was like one of the worst games anybody's quarterbacked all year. So just, I don't, I'm not saying Levis is going to be good. I think the risk is worth it because i think all these other guys have a lot of faults later in the show we will hit defensive rookie of the year coach of the year and comeback player of the year very much look forward to it but on the other side how about some college football bets for the weekend maybe an nfl thought as well pro sports better our friend joey kanish baby stops by dishing wagers for the weekend on the gridiron next they hand to gibbs and gibbs breaks it Touchdown, what a night for the rookie. Wow.
Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Uh, the voice of Joe Buck on Monday Night Football. As, uh, unfortunately for me, a Raiders better. Uh, the Lions handled business against the Raiders on Monday night, and as a result, yeah, but the Lions were so good that uh, Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler and Mick Lombardi all got fired. Congratulations to the Lions. Went to their bye at 6-2, and two, and they're looking great right now. Michigan football? Hashtag we'll see. We'll see what happens with Michigan and their guy, Connor Stallions. Joey Kanish will join us in just a second to talk about all these things and give us a bunch of bets for this weekend in football in a moment. But we'll get back to NFL awards coming up next segment on the show. Defensive Rookie of the Year and Coach of the Year. Maybe Comeback Player of the Year as well. We'll hit all of it over the course of the program. Evan Silva joins us in 40 minutes. Bets of Steel, NBA Best of the Best, Steelers, Titans, side total and props in the final hour, power hour of the program. But joining us right now, one of our favorites here on You Better You Bet. Been coming on with us for years, so we Ask that you support him because he supports us. He comes on with us literally every week. He's the best. On Twitter, at JoeyKinish22. A very entertaining follow on Twitter, if not controversial, but we love him. At JoeyKinish22 on Twitter. Um, and check out his work over at The Hammer, our buddy Rob Bazola's content company. A lot of people from The Hammer come on the show, including Kanish. They're on Twitter, at The Hammer HQ. And Kanish joins us right now, live on the line. Kanish, welcome back to You Better You Bet. Nick and Ken, my friend, how the hell are you? Gentlemen, tremendous football thursday and i'm coming to you live from the josh mcdaniels memorial here in detroit uh left uh, left some flower honolulu blue flowers outside the raiders locker room as we put the final nail in the coffin to the mcdaniels and ziegler era just one stop on the train of revenge that is the campbell lions tour this year baby Live Lions, obviously, on by this week after what's ending Josh on McDaniels' the coaching career. What, what, <laughs> right? what's, the, what's, the, what's the revenge on, like, Josh McDaniels and, like, Dave Ziegler? For subjecting us to the Raiders games. Okay, like, fair I, enough. We, yeah, just like we, we've all had to sit through that, and now we don't have to sit through it anymore. Kanish, everybody we've had on the show this week, we're talking about the Raiders this week uh, against the Giants, everybody we've had on the show thinks it's the Raiders, thinks that's the side in the game. I got to be honest, I kind of agree. Nick is kind of on Giants Island here, which doesn't mean he's wrong. It just means he's against a lot of the people that are on the show. Do you do you share the consensus opinion on the show that kind of get like a, a one-week bounce out of a, a new coach, swapped quarterback, playing a home game? Or is it like, this is all crazy, it's Antonio Pearson, Aiden O'Connell, and the Giants are going to win? Or do you have no opinion on the game? What about the Giants and Raiders? I mean, I literally right before uh, hopping on, I saw a tweet from one of the Raiders beat reporters that said, that literally just said, happiest locker room ever uh so you you might actually you know that that, that post fire week but you get rid of jimmy g who i mean one of the all-time like i can't believe i'm watching this performances on monday night football missing the you know, Devonte adams by 30 yards on multiple touchdowns you get the g-men in a real tough spot here i would lean with the people on on the side of the raiders however in terms of the price, does you know backing this Vegas team uh, at some of the at, at the spread current price really make me want to get involved? It's not a game I bet. I know it's a Daniel Jones there. If you were if we were getting uh, you know our good fella Tommy DeVito, uh, and, and I would be more incentivized to even lay a bigger number with the Raiders here with Jones back. It kind of kept me off it. Um, so not too strong of an opinion. I do think you'll see 
the best of, uh, I, I, mean, I would say, an improved Raiders effort uh, due, due to the fact that it seems like McDaniels was the least liked person in Las Vegas. Well, I mean, that, that, I don't know if that's true. Uh, we'll get to we'll get to Kanish. That's a long list. We'll get to Kanish's uh, college football bets in a second. But Kanish, anything else in the NFL tickle your fancy this week, and then we'll turn our attention to college. You know, I hate to give uh, you know the the pizza man credit here, but I I was on and some of the other hammer uh, you know people over at the hammer liked KC, uh, and and I tell you. I lean that way, too. I think you're getting a little – you got a little bit of a, a discount here on a Kansas City team where, you know, money line, there's a minus 120 out there. Um, I played it, and I know all the love for this, uh, you know, the, the Finns offense. It's fun. It's, uh, I love watching it, but to get the Chiefs here, I think you're getting a little bit of, uh, of a discount after last week's performance. Better defense, able to, to get, you know, Miami here that – I just don't think that they match up particularly well. And, again, fantastic offense, do all the things right, but against the defense that's been showing out and getting the Chiefs now basically at, you know, what you can call is a, a little bit of a pick here. I, I joined them. I, I, I rolled with some KC. Uh, and if you can find I'm staring at a minus 120 right now. Um, but I think the best price you can get there around there as far as the money line, I, I had to back the Chiefs here at the current price. Kanish, let's talk about college. We'll do some of the other games in a second. Kind of want to get like a state of Michigan from you and not like the state of Michigan, but kind of like the state of their their football program because of all this reporting that keeps coming out. And like I did a little bit on this to start the show. Every day it's another picture of Connor Stallions like in some sideline doing something stupid and recording it. And every day it's another story about how the Big Ten coaches are really mad and they want and we, we demand punishment now. doesn't seem like anything's going to happen. So just any updated thoughts like are you worried at all I'm guessing you have some Michigan to win the title, maybe. Or even if you don't, are you worried at all they're going to kind of get kicked out of the Big Ten title game or something? And then also a two-part question. They're laying 32-and-a-half against Purdue this week. Any thought to just, like, they're going to try to win 900 to nothing as a result, almost like what happened with Michigan State when the allegations came out. So, State of Michigan, are you worried about the playoff Big Ten title? What about this week? You know what, Locke, I would say the the most significant, we talked it a little on the show last week, and if anything, my feeling is even stronger that I, I, I would really, it would almost have to be like there's nobody else in, the, in terms of the Heisman conversation where, like, people have to vote for McCarthy for him to win. I think the longer this goes and the more that comes out, and the more, and like, it's just this story that's taken on a life of its own here where people are so invested in it. It's getting so many clicks. Even if people are just regurgitating the same stuff in a lot of these cases, uh, people, I mean, I saw I was like some Notre Dame site rewatched the 2018 game to find a picture of Stallions on the sideline. I really find it harder and harder to believe that enough people are going to vote for J.J. McCarthy to win the Heisman almost no matter what he does. Um so that would be – I agree with you. I don't think anything's coming this year. There's too much TV money, too much at stake um, for, for a lot of short-term impact in terms of the season, the Big Ten title, the national title. But really, in terms of Heisman, I, I feel like there's a lot of writers out there who their way of getting back at it is going to be not voting McCarthy or taking McCarthy off the ballot almost no matter what he does there. Um, so I, I wouldn't buy McCarthy – at almost any price now, uh, and in terms of the current market. Your second part of the question, I, I, I agree with that. I think they're going to go scorched earth whenever they can. There might not be a number the rest of the year where I'm going to fade Michigan. Um, 
because I guess, especially against these overmatched opponents, I think you're going to see a lot of what you just saw versus Michigan State, where if they can keep pouring it on, that's been an Harbaugh MO anyway. He's done that for his whole career. Take that to the next level now of if they have the chance to run some of these games up or put it to a Penn State or Ohio State, they're going to take it. So, uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not interested in uh, the points here, against, especially against these uh, you know overmatched opponents like Purdue this week. You better, you better here with Nick and Ken on a tremendous Thursday. We're talking the NFL. We're talking college football, maybe a little Connor Stallions. With our pal Joey Kanish, Pro Sports Better from the Hammer. He's on Twitter at Joey Kanish 22 Kanish, let's hit some of the big games this weekend in college football. Let's go to Bama and LSU. Bama in between a three and a three and a half point favor. Total here is 61 and a half. Any bets for you handicap here for LSU and Bama? Yeah, I, you know what? I took some. Uh, I took a look. I found a Bama two and a half. That's not widely available, but I like a Bama. You know, if you can find a cheap three, maybe some Bama money line around the minus one fifty price. I just think this is the first time you've seen, even since, and I don't even want to call it Florida State's defense of that caliber, where you've got a lot of injuries on the LSU side. You've got a defense in Alabama that I think can pressure the quarterback and get after Jalen Daniels. And it's the first time that LSU, I think, in, in quite a while, has going to be put up against the test where someone can beat them at the line of scrimmage, pressure Daniels, make them uncomfortable on offense. And at the same time, there's so many LSU question marks on defense in their secondary up front with Mason Smith. I just think now, and again, this is a line that I, the lock, my favorite. I love the you know the, the lock heads here, where it was it was seven, it was six, it was four and a half. You're getting basically the cheapest price you've seen all season on this matchup right now at this current time. I had to take some Bama and Tuscaloosa. I just don't think LSU can match up in the trenches in this game. Couple that with some of the injuries. Couple that with I tell you, also a prop on this one. I'll give you a little a little bonus. I like the Jaden Daniels under for rushing yardage. I know he's gone over 90 yards the last three games against peasant-level opponents. You put now against the Bama front, who I think is going to bring a ton of pressure with the sack-adjusted rushing numbers in college football for the quarterback. There was some amount, 65-70 is the number between. Give me Bama, give me Jaden Daniels under on the rushing yardage. I think Bama really gets after him here, and I laid it with the tie. So, Kanisha, I'm curious. We, you, you mentioned before you don't think McCarthy is going to win the Heisman, but you didn't really give us, like, then I'm going to jam this guy to win because McCarthy's one of the favorites right now. You just said in that answer with Alabama-LSU, you're betting Jaden Daniels under. You're betting Alabama. So I know the answer to this isn't Jaden Daniels. Is it – I know you have Penix from before the season or early on in big numbers, but, like, the person who's showing up now with nothing, McCarthy's the favorite. You're saying he can't win. Like, is it Penix? Is it Bo Nix? And those two are likely to play in the Pac-12 title game. Is it Maserati Marv? Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. And obviously they'll play Michigan at the end of the year. And he's had great numbers. Like who, who is it then? It's not Daniels clearly. Cause you don't like him this weekend and it's not McCarthy. You just said he can't win. Who is it then? No, well, and listen, look, I, as a loyal listener of YBYB, I heard your Heisman breakdown earlier in the week. And, and I, I would agree with you that the only prices you could buy at the current market would be, and even Nick's has come down significantly where it would be Oregon if a Bo Nix can win out, I think he's got a he's real live. And Maserati, I listen, I, I'll just say, I don't think Ohio State is going to beat Michigan. If they do, I think Harrison's a lock to win the Heisman. So, I mean, if they go undefeated and go into Michigan and beat Michigan, which means he's going to have at least a, a you know, a above average game, 
I think he's going to win it. He's, all the polling now said he was you know in the lead, and if they go in and beat Michigan, which you know what that that money line you know even on the look the lock aheads you know is going to be like two to one, two fifty at highest three, where you can just go out and take Marvin Harrison at ten to one, twelve to one to win the Heisman, and I think you're getting much more back because there's no way if they go undefeated. I, which again, I don't think it's going to happen. But if you want to talk about playing a price, it's Marvin Harrison, if he goes in and beats Michigan, he's going to win the Heisman Trophy. So it would be, I agree with you. I think Knicks and Oregon's in a good position to win out. And Marvin Harrison where, listen, you, you can take some Harrison now. And if they're 11-0, I, I, you know, lay some Michigan money line or bet your know, live bet, you know, at the game where you can kind of lay off some of that with Michigan. Because if they go undefeated and he goes into a, he's winning the Heisman Trophy. So I think that's the two looks uh at the moment that you you know you laid out earlier in the week that I would agree with. Kanish, ninety seconds to go. Any other college football bets, game bets you like coming up this weekend? Let me tell you where we're going, and it's bigger than Bama LSU, baby. It's Las Cruces, New Mexico. Las Cruces, <laughs> New Mexico State, Middle Tennessee State. Give me the Blue Raiders in this one. And I listen, I've been a Jerry Kill New Mexico State guy the entire season, but now Lang, oh, you could the hook. Someone just gave it out earlier. Now you can get three and a half on Middle Tennessee State. One of my favorite plays of the last month. I think you're getting the better team here, getting three and a half off a longer layoff. I hate to do it against my boys in Las Cruces, but Middle Tennessee State, three and a half sprinkle a little money line. Uh, I hate to say it, but I think New Mexico State goes down this weekend and Middle Tennessee takes them down. Kanish, like 30, 45 seconds to go. A random bet in the account. You know, like a ton of stuff going on tonight. No more WNBA, unfortunately. I don't know if tennis is going on either. 30 seconds, random bet. What do you got? Listen, we are on the blend. I know the blades blades of steel has been hot on this segment. I, I got people on my other shows I'm just saying, this, this Blades of Steel run. So we're going to keep it going tonight, and we're going. You know what? They just fired McDaniels. They might fire whoever the coach of the Golden Knights is after tonight, baby. Give me Winnipeg, the J-E-T-S, Winnipeg Jets, 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 on the money line <laughs> to go into Vegas and beat the Knights. Uh, I like it. Basically, plus 115, plus 120, Jets tonight. We go for a month straight of Blades of Steel winner. And Connor Hellebuck, I think, is starting for win. I think if I were going to bet the game, I would bet Winnipeg also. That's one of yeah, the games I, like I have nothing too. on tonight. Yeah, yeah, it's like, I like them against the Rangers also. I think, I think Vegas is super vulnerable. You bet against Vegas like every game. You're not going to bet against Vegas here? Well, I mean, if both of you guys like it, I will. I was like, Jay, that was the one where I said, Winnipeg or nothing. They just won the Stanley Cup. I don't think they're going to fight. Yeah, he's really good. Uh, yeah, Kanish is awesome. Uh, on Twitter, Joey Kinnish22. Check out his work over at The Hammer, at The Hammer HQ. My friend, we sincerely appreciate the time. Good, I, I bet the Las Cruces thing. Let's go uh, Blue Raiders. Uh, good luck with the bets. Stay well. We'll talk to you next week. Gentlemen, we'll give them hell and make a buck tonight on Winnipeg. Am I right? Good luck. <laughs> I, I don't yeah, know what he we'll, just said. We'll do, we'll do that. Yeah. Yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever that was, whatever language that was in. On the other side, how about Defensive Rookie of the Year, Coach of the Year coming up, NFL Awards on the other side, next.
Silva from Establishment Run coming up 20 minutes from now in the final hour, power hour of the show. If you're watching us right now on Stadium, we appreciate you. Be sure to uh, move on over to Twitch, twitch.tv backslash betql to watch the final hour of the show, which will feature all our bets for tonight, as well as an interview with Evan Silver from ETR. Bets of Steel, loaded night in the National Hockey League, our best of the best in the NBA, side total and props Thursday night football in Pittsburgh with the Steelers and the Tennessee Titans. But for now, we continue on talking NFL award markets. Jake, let's bring the music up. Uh, Ken, we left off finishing Offensive Rookie of the Year, which means uh, Defensive Rookie of the Year becomes the discussion point. This is usually the quickest award market every week. Curious if we've got anything else this week that's noteworthy, and if not, we can move on to Coach of the Year, which definitely, I think it's more interesting. Maybe you disagree. Jalen Carter remains our favorite for Defensive Rookie of the Year, minus 135. Devin Witherspoon of the Seahawks, plus 135 up next. Brian Branch of the Lions, 10-1. to Will Anderson of the Texans, 14-1. to I have drawn the Gettleman line here, but perhaps I am mistaken. Uh, your thoughts here on Defensive Rookie of the Year entering Week 9? Yeah, the discussion every week has been uh, I don't want to bet into this market. I have $0 in it. I've had $0 the whole year. Well, why? Why haven't you bet on like Jalen Carter's really good or, or Witherspoon's really good because uh, they're ahead. But honestly, like the, the amount that they're ahead is a little murky to me, I guess, statistically. So they're, they have the two biggest reputations. I mean, it's not even close. Like the, the individual video clips that you see on social media, the game that Witherspoon had on Monday Night Football against the Giants. No other rookie has had a game like that. So like they're ahead. I don't think that's like in dispute whatsoever. I guess my question would be, how quickly could the ground be made up if someone else was good? I guess that's like the question. So I just think it's really interesting to point out two things about this market. And I don't have any bets this week. I'm not identifying anyone. I'm happy to have no money in it right now. It's Carter and Witherspoon and a giant gap and everybody else. And I totally understand that. And the market reflects that, by the way, which means there's probably no bet if you think the same thing. Two things I would point out. Jalen Carter's awesome. I know he was hurt for a little bit. Practice. Looks like he's going to be back this week against the Cowboys. He's awesome. He also has three and a half sacks this year. So like he can be really awesome. Three and a half sacks. How long is it going to take somebody, if they end up being good, to to surpass that number? Like four weeks, five weeks, like, and Carter doesn't do anything? Great, his pressure rate's really high. What about when he has four and someone else has eight? Then who wins? So that's just my only thing. Like, yeah, he's ahead, but like, the this is like CJ Stroud all over again. Like, yeah, he's ahead. Two weeks from now, someone else could pass him very easily. Now, in defensive rookie of the year, it's more like four or five weeks someone could pass him. But just like worth noting, yeah, like Jalen Carter's awesome. We all agree. Also, he has three and a half sacks. The Remind me, the corner that the Giants, Deontay Banks, is that the guy's name? Yep. Right? Is that the guy that Tay Banks, so, yeah. And he has been covering like the number one receivers for the other team and stuff and like, you know, starts, whatever. So like, not, I'm not saying I would ever bet him to win the award, but just as a point of comparison, Devon Witherspoon and Deontay Banks have the same number of interceptions one and banks has defensed one fewer pass than witherspoon has this season witherspoon is plus 125 and banks is 125 to one so just to give you an idea of like yeah they're ahead and maybe there's just no one else we say that every week like is anybody going to be good like does anybody like does will anderson actually want to get a sack or something or you know like do anything or like just you know joey porter jr want to get a couple picks and get like some some buzz going like does anybody want to do anything and the answer so far has been no and that's cool also there's like nine weeks left so i'm just like on the lookout here let's see what happens like the two guys in the front are their big names and big reputations they're doing nothing 
So like, cool, they can be ahead right now. And in two weeks, someone else can be ahead. And maybe it never happens, but like the opportunity here for someone to emerge is so massive. You, as a better, you should be hoping someone emerges. Like you should be hoping this happens because the price, the payout would be astronomical if that happens. Like this, you couldn't have more vulnerable favorites. There's just no one that that maybe can that can uh, put together a resume to catch them. So it's just like happy to have no money in it happy to wait and see and maybe it's just carter and witherspoon and this is the worst crop of defensive rookies like after those two guys and the stats just are never there for anybody but man the opportunity is insane if somebody comes along unless these two guys just start pulling away and they haven't done it yet yeah maybe like maybe like joey porter jr who mike tomlin said has like earned a lot more playing time earned the right. opportunity to start maybe he has a couple like a splash play tonight on thursday night well like, anderson's I, pressure I think... rate Anderson's pressure rate's like outrageous. He just has no, he has no sacks. So like that just needs to translate. Kind of like Chase Young. Chase Young should have like 10 sacks right now. But he, doesn't, he only has like five or six because it's just like he hasn't been able to get home. The guy's been, Justin Fields broke out of his grasp like nine times. Like it, it can it can flip fast. Like if Will Anderson has two sacks this week, Carter's got three and a half, he's got two. This is the price. Like they're, they're, they're almost becoming the same player. Like it's just, it's, it's like, it's, I'm telling you, like it's the narrative on this will flip so fast if anyone does anything, because the stats here are so unimpressive. The other guy that just like, maybe you can make a case for if he like really starts to come on on the second half of the year after his team's by, it would be Jack Campbell who like got like a ton of burn on Monday Night Football. The problem is like Branch is on the same defense and he's better right, right. now, but maybe like, maybe Campbell can like overtake him a little bit. Sure. Uh, so we'll see. But be open-minded. We'll Right? Like, be open-minded be open -minded just like, I think you should be open-minded to Bryce Young and Levis. Like, I, this thing can compress really, just like you could have been open-minded to A.J. Brown. Like, honestly, like, look how fast these things happen. Matter of weeks. It's a long season. <laughs> a long A long, it's just, a, a it's, long I mean, it's just, season. That's what it is, though. And you're, you're so much better off, like, waiting and seeing if the 100 to 1 has life than, like, at this point being like well i'm gonna bet like both carter and witherspoon and then like hope no one catches them like you're holding on for dear life for nothing or you just get to sit back and like wait till the end of the season when you know there's recency bias and that matters the most and see if anybody emerges late at a big number like it's such a it's such a better way to play it i can tell you this and these are not betters that give me this information these are people but like that are way locked in on this stuff that play dynasty fantasy football with individual defensive players and like we're in like i'm selling on one of my dynasty teams because i'm like done like i'm not going to win a championship i'm like selling for young players and i have a couple people who are like play idp who love the chargers rookie linebacker and i'm going to butcher the pronunciation of his last name tuli Tup tupulatu i'm not sure if i'm pronouncing that correct but like People sure. love him. He's 80 to 1. They play on Monday night against the Jets. I, I haven't been hashtag grinding in the film, just like passing that along that like people that know, like really think like this guy's an absolute monster uh, for the, the Chargers rookie linebacker. You better you bet with Nick and Ken here on the Thursday. P squared, B squared, NFL awards. We'll save time in the power hour for comeback player of the year for sure. Ken, let's see if we can get as much of coach of the year in as we can here right sure. now. Where Dan Campbell is your favorite, plus 250. Nothing's changed there. Mike McDaniel remains the second choice at three. Uh, Robert Sala, now the third choice in the market. And if they beat the Jets on Monday night, We'll see, or the Chargers on Monday night, excuse me. We'll see what that price is. Solid six, D'Amico Ryan's 10, Pete Carroll of your first place Seattle Seahawks, 16, along with Doug Peterson and John Harbaugh, Nick Sirianni, 18, Kevin Stefanski, 30, Kevin O'Connell and Mike Vrabel at 50, Sean Payton, 150 to one, coach of the year. So yeah, there's, there's, uh, I don't know if there's a lot to do this week, and I don't know if this is ever going to get interesting, 
but it, it can. And we talked about how the Lions and Dolphins both lost uh, going into last week and how that like helped because Campbell and McDaniel both have to take probably at least four losses and probably five to not win. Now, to be fair, like they're projected to take that many losses, like their win totals imply that they're going to take that many losses. That's not an unreasonable ask. But if they go over those win totals, they probably just win. And this was my thing the whole time. Like they have to improve. They both won nine games last year. Like You have to improve at least four games like you just have to. That's 13 for them. So my thought is like, all right, if you put them in 12 and five and you give me an attractive candidate that's not 12 and five has a different narrative around them, that's a guy who can win. But if they're not 12 and five, then the discussion's dead immediately. And like Dan Campbell wins. That's what happens. If they both go 13 and four, Dan Campbell wins. That's my opinion, at least. Like if they will go 14 and three, whatever, you get the idea. And the Dolphins can win a litany of offensive awards to uh, Tyreek, the whole thing. They can get all that stuff. But I think Campbell wins if it's 13. So basically the question is, do you think it's going to be 13? Now the problem, last week I was excited because they both lost. I was like, man, we could get to 12 and five. That could really happen. And this gets fun if that happens. If it doesn't happen, this is like the least fun coach of the year ever. Because you're like, oh, the good teams at the start, they won too much. Like, that's no fun. There's no money to be made there. So just like, all right, can they get to 12 and 5? The problem now is that Kirk Cousins tore his Achilles. Why does that matter? Because the Lions play the Vikings twice, two of the last three weeks of the season. And now they're going to play like Jaron Hall or Josh Dobbs twice. And guess what they're going to do? They're going to win both those games. And that's really problematic because the Lions play like no test games the rest of the season. They play a totally easy, beatable schedule. They play at Dallas week 17. That's like it, basically. Like they're just done already. And that's really problematic. So the I know the Cousins injury, it's like, well, how does that affect coach of the year? It takes two games. Like if the Vikings have Cousins, they're going for the playoffs. Maybe you yep. get a split. Maybe they win both. Like you never have it. You never know how that's going to play out. Like now you're kind of cooking here a little bit. Now it's like Lion, Lions at home against Josh. That was at 15. Like what's that number? I mean, just like a fake game almost at this point. So just that's really problematic for this. It sucks. Uh, if you could get both coaches to 12 and five, and you can get the Dolphins there. They might lose this week. That's number three. So it's like you can get there really fast with Miami. I don't know if you can get there with Detroit. If you could get them there, then there's a couple candidates that are interesting. The market jumped on Salah and made this totally unbettable, and it sucks. Like, everyone got ahead on this, and he hasn't even won anything yet, and Rodgers hasn't come back. Like, the cart got before the horse here, and I can't tell you to bet Salah. Like, it just, everyone got way wrapped up in this too fast. You can't bet it. The price is way too short for what he has to do. He can win. You just can never play. You can never pay this price. The 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 amount of wins that are required against these teams, you should just bet the Jets every week. If you think Salah's going to win coach of the year, you'd get the money faster and he needs to do the same thing. Just bet a Monday night because if they lose Monday night, he's never winning. Might as well bet a Monday night. You get the money right now. Who wants the money in February? So just can't bet the price to drop too fast. There's a couple other candidates we can go over next week, honestly. It's just not worth doing it here. Just like bummed about the Cousins injury, makes it easier for Campbell to win, potentially makes this an unbettable market the rest of the year. Detroit's on by this week too. Just kind of need to see how this week goes. Maybe an interesting discussion next week. We'll see. I, I can't wait, by the way, if the Raiders beat the Giants on Sunday and we have like, what What about oh. Antonio Pierce? Antonio Pierce, coach of the year? The old midseason? Uh, the midseason coy? I, yeah. I, I love that. Yeah, the, in the Jeff Saturday tradition. I love it. A lot of sports books right now, Josh McDaniels is still listed to win coach of the year. Yeah. He got hey, you fired. You never know. Well, you do. It's like the he New York lottery. Job. Hey, he does, he you does, never he, know. He doesn't, have, he doesn't have a job. If you're watching on stadium, twitch.tv backslash betql. All our bets for tonight. Evan Silva joins us to start the power hour.